Phil, first you lose Scott Walker's bald spot. You don't get to draw that anymore because he lost the election. Is it possible that you're now going to lose Paul Soglin next spring in the election? You won't get to draw his mustache anymore? Uh, I don't think so, but there's always a chance, right? He's lost many elections in the past. Isn't that frightening to a cartoonist that you would lose such an iconic thing to draw? But there's so much else to draw in this world, Scott. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You can always you can always put a, a Soglin musta- mustache on anybody. You know, you could you, if, if somebody's doing something very Sogliny, just give him a mustache. Paul Sogan has been the mayor of Madison, of course, for 22 years over the course of five decades. Serial mayor, right? <laughs> he was not going to run for mayor. And then after he lost his race for governor, he decided he was going to run for mayor again. After several people had already gotten into the mayor's race, assuming he wasn't going to run. Yeah, everybody seems, I guess, cool with that. Like, oh, he was said he wasn't going to run. Now he's going to run. Okay, he's going to run. You know if Ron Johnson does that in uh, four years from now, people will be like, wait a minute, he said he wasn't going to run. He's a career politician. He can't run now because he said he wasn't going to run. But I guess with Paul Sagan, it's fine. We're going to talk about the race for mayor. How many candidates do we have now? We have seven. Michael Flores, a former school board member and city firefighter, is not running for mayor. We asked him yesterday since he does not have a website we thought we would ask <laughs> He's not running for mayor. So that leaves seven people, including Sogan. And we're going to talk about the race for mayor, which, by the way, is coming up a lot faster than you might think. February 19th is the primary. Really? This will get whittled down to two candidates. And then April 2nd is the spring primary to decide who will be Madison's next mayor. We're going to talk about it today on Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford, the editorial page editor. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. So Paul Sogan is the favorite here, right? I think clearly Paul Sogan is the favorite. It's going to be a matter of who can get through the primary with Paul Sogan, and that's going to be that's going to be the competition. Here's what Sogan says on his website. Hi, I'm Paul Sogan, and yes, I'm going to run for mayor of Madison in 2019. Since I returned to office in 2011, we've accomplished a great deal. Looking back, we've made significant strides, and looking ahead. There's much I would like to finish with you. Everybody in Madison, everybody meaning like, I don't know, maybe half the people, know who Paul Soglin is because he's been around forever. I mean, if you, I guess you're somebody new from out of town working for Epic. You might not know who he is, but the name recognition is really powerful, I think. It says Madison. He's almost synonymous with Madison. He's been in the Madison public life since the since the early 70s or is it the late 60s even uh, yeah i mean late 60s mayor for life and he's not dead yet he's not dead so yet. he must still be mayor you can actually hear his heart beating in that web ad can't you that's what it sounds like anyway what did you make of that where he wasn't gonna run and then he was i've learned not to believe anything paul soglin says because he's he's apt to change his mind about many things uh, i think are you sure you're not talking about Donald Trump? <laughs> he's I mean, he's way more consistent than Donald Trump. He's way more consistent please. than Donald Trump. That's true. But, but that's uh, a pretty low bar. That's a that's a low bar. But yeah, I mean, he, he flat out said, I'm not running. My, my I'm done with politics. And then he said, eh, I kind of changed my mind. 
Which, yeah, I mean, I think that should be a bigger deal than anybody's making of it. Presumably, he announced he wasn't running for mayor partly because he wanted to show that he was really actually running for governor. Which he never did with any actions at all. No, he went to some supper clubs and waited for people to approach him and say, hey, aren't you that guy with the mustache from Madison? But, um, yeah, he didn't really have a very active campaign. He kind of blew off the Democratic convention. But, hey— He's the, he's the guy to beat here in Madison for mayor. What's interesting about Paul Sullivan is that he has this statewide and even national reputation of being this socialist, communist, <laughs> rabid lefty guy. He gave the key to Fidel Castro way back in the day, the key to the city. But he is clearly running. I mean, there's not a Republican running in this race, but Paul Soglin is the conservative running in this race. He's still way to the left of the center, but by Madison's standards, he would probably be the most conservative candidate in this race. And he's somebody who, you know, as much as he has the grumpy reputation, which is well-earned. Really well-earned. He also, though, has this ability because of who he is, because he's kind of larger than life. He can say whatever he wants, and he can go after the heart and soul of Madison progressive politics if he thinks it's wrong. That's right. And most people can't do that. They're too afraid to do that. So like when Soglin said, we're not going to have a campground uh, on East Washington Avenue leading to downtown. That was back during the whole Occupy Madison thing a long time ago. But, you know, most people can't say that. If there's an Occupy Madison... Homeless camp, basically. Homeless camp. You, you have to go in there with kid gloves. Yeah. You don't just say, hey, get rid of the campground. But Soglin can do that. So if you get some of the remaining moderate and conservative people in Madison going for him. And then you got some legacy voters who just, you know, they're a baby boomer and they're like, hey, Paul Sagan. Yeah. I'm voting for him. Yeah. He's the only name here I know. That's right. That alone, I would think, should get him through the primary and probably through the general election. Unless, you know, Madison's just not feeling it and wants somebody new. I mean, he has lost in the past occasionally. He, the people at Madison has, detri- has decided to change it up a couple of times when he was, I mean, he lost to yeah. Dave Cheslevich back in, was it mm-hmm. 2003? Yeah. And, you know, he was, he came in as the favorite, the incumbent, everybody knew him. And, and Dave Cheslevich was this kind of sunny personality, bright, fresh face. And mm-hmm. he he beat him in a squeaker, I believe. And then Sogan proceeded to beat him eight years later yeah. in another squeaker. I mean, this could come. I mean, that 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 Cheslevich Soglin race that was less than a thousand votes between the two of them. You know, it's it. it uh, these are not. These are. There's not going to be a huge turnout for this election, and it's going to be not as many votes deciding it. Yeah, particularly. I mean, in the February nineteenth primary. Gee, maybe you get 10, 15, 20% if you're lucky. I think they out. said 20%. But, you know, Madison's energized to vote. That's you know, true. You know, we had pretty high turnout in the November election, and maybe that'll carry over into the spring and people will be energized to vote. Maybe it's all for Soglin, but, you know, people might be ener- more people might be voting this year than we expect in the past. You and I were. Uh Looking at some of their websites, I'd say he's got a pretty decent one. Well, Sogley knows what he's doing. Yeah, he, he, he'll have money to run. He's done this before. But enough about Soglin, so the, the ta- uh, grumpy stash. I want to call him that now. But in the past, you've had him as Soggy P, Soggy when, he was, P. when he was a rapper. And you had him as the Sogbot three thousand. Sogbot three thousand, and I, I like as I a like, robot. I like Grumpy Stash. That might be that might be the hashtag to to go with from now on. Grumpy for, Stash. Yeah. All right. But let's talk about these candidates that are running against Paul Sogbot. Let's start with I think Satya Rhodes Conway, which is sort of interesting because she kind of got Sogbot's endorsement. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he of. got back in the race. Yeah, I mean, I think he said clearly she's the most qualified person to run to replace me. So Paulin Soglin endorsed her, and I'm, I imagine that endorsement is being withdrawn because I'm I'm pretty sure Soglin's going to endorse himself. And by the way, you just had a slip of the tongue there. You said Poglin. Poglin. You took his first letter of his first name and put it on the last. Poglin. Try. We'll try that one. Like uh, Bradgelina or something. Bradgelina. Except it's just one person. <laughs> it's just one person with two personalities. Poglin. So, all right, let's talk, let's talk about Satya Rhodes Conway. She was on the city council in the past. Represented kind of the northeast side from East High School up to Warner Park is how it's described. Very progressive. I'm Satya Rhodes Conway, and I'm running for mayor because I want everyone in Madison to have the opportunity to thrive. Everyone should have a safe and affordable home, a good job, and access to the things that they need. My years on the city council and my job working with cities across the country give me the experience to make Madison number one for everyone. She uh, works at the COWS, which is not an agricultural group. It is the Center on Wisconsin Strategy at UW-Madison. It's essentially a left-wing think tank about... Think and do tank. ...cities and the future of cities and and what are we going to do. By the way, why is it okay that cows can be this hub of progressive thinking on campus, but the second you get a Tommy Thompson Center, this is an outrage! On campus. We can't have a conservative think tank on campus. We can only have good progressive ones. You have, you have me to answer that, Scott? <laughs> no, I mean, it's self-evident. It's, it's obvious, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, she's very smart. She uh, is better known, I think, than a lot of the other people running against him. Maybe she would bring in some interesting ideas about what other cities are doing to manage some of their problems, even though Madison's problems, I think, are pretty unique for a city of our size. I liked when she first announced right away, and we highlighted this in an editorial several weeks ago. Basically, the editorial was like, hey, we like lots of candidates running for an important leadership position. It's better than no candidates. Yes. And uh, so thanks to all these candidates for running. I like that right away she came out with the bus rapid transit, which is just faster, more convenient buses that people would be more likely to use. That's something Salgan wants too, but she was basically saying, hey, it hasn't happened. I'm going to get it done. So I like that she came out and was specific on something, uh, especially an issue that we like. Because both you and I, we've, we ride the bus from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Madison being progressive as it is, the bus system is not good. It does not get you from point A to point B quickly and efficiently. When I used to come in, it was like 45-minute bus ride to get here to the office. Albeit on the south side, not downtown. It's yeah. always quicker going downtown. I have about a 10-minute drive to work. I've got about a 15-minute bike ride to work, and it's a 25-minute bus ride to work. And so this would just move things quicker. Now, you might not have a bus snicking down every other block like you do now with bus rapid transit. They would be more consistent routes and maybe fewer routes that go faster. It's one of those prepaid things. Anyway, you know, I think she's somebody who's going to talk about very specific issues and bring a certain vision to it. I think you're right that you'd have to consider her one of the top contenders. And she is a woman. I mean, this this was the year of the woman. Yeah, she's a woman. Yeah. In terms of national politics, a lot of women were elected. I think that's a trend that's probably going to continue. Yeah, I don't know how much that affects Madison. It's not like yeah. we're, it's not like Ma- women haven't had powerful positions in Madison in the past. So yeah, good point. Uh, all right, let's keep going. Why don't we just talk about the next one that's on my page here, who is Toriana Petaway. She is Madison's first racial equity coordinator. 
She talks a lot about targeting inequality. Her website doesn't have a ton of information. It was uh, a little on spare. It. One thing that a lot of people in Madison know, and it's almost like an identity crisis that Madison is having, almost like a point of shame where we're this wonderful city and we make all these great lists about how awesome we are. We're one of the worst cities when it comes to racial equity. It wasn't that long ago that fewer than half of the black students in Madison schools were graduating. That has come up now. It's getting closer to 60%. There's way more people getting locked up in Madison if you're black than if you're white in terms of a percentage. That's also true of Wisconsin, not just Madison. I think a lot of people know that that's something Madison's struggling with. So maybe if you have a black candidate running for mayor on that very issue, you can get more attention than if you're just talking about bus rapid transit, for example. Well, it's an issue that needs to be discussed. It needs to be part of the discussion of the of the mayor's race. And I think every candidate's going to talk about it. But I think Petaway has probably the best angle on it since it's sort of her position in the, in the city government to focus on this exact issue. Presumably, it's her wheelhouse where she can talk about it in a way that a lot of these candidates can't. Yeah. On the other hand... Another candidate, Maurice Cheeks, who is on the city council now, Mo Cheeks. No, not the guy from the 76ers basketball team back in the day. Different Mo Cheeks. But he's on the city council now, and he is also African-American, and he is also talking about inequality. I think his district is one of those where Yeah, he's got both Nakoma, which is one of the wealthiest white neighborhoods in the city, and Ally Drive, which is one of the most impoverished, mostly minority neighborhoods in the city. Yeah, so he's saying right there in my district, I see the inequality in Madison, and I'm best equipped to— to address it. I don't think, though, you'd peg him as a one-issue candidate, technology guy. He's been on the city council, sometimes taking on the mayor on some big issues. Yeah, the mayor does not care for Mo Cheeks. <laughs> no, what was it? Do you have that quote or not? Um, the, the quote was... It was pretty harsh. I mean, Mo Cheeks, unlike the mayor, is very easy to get along with, doesn't ruffle feathers. He's a schmoozer. He's comfortable to talk to. He's very likable. But he also has sort of a corporate speak going on sometimes, or maybe that's just a Madison speak. I don't know. If I hear anybody mention stakeholders one more time in this election. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as maybe Sagan's not as likable, he's definitely more blunt. I would not describe Mo Cheeks as blunt. No. But you know, his, he's got name recognition, too. He's in a lot of our news stories about the city council, and he's a well-connected guy. He's going to have some money to spend, I suspect, on this campaign. He's going to have some uh, heavy-duty backers, I would think. Yeah, so here's Paul Soglin's assessment of Maurice Cheeks, quoted in, in a Capital Times story. Uh, Maurice Cheeks will not be our next mayor. Personal ambition and indecision are not leadership qualities. Ouch. Yeah, he doesn't like him. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if you're the guy that's singled out for scorn and a special amount of scorn from Sagan, maybe that helps you, it at least ele- in the primary. You know, that was that was one of Tony Evers' techniques to, to, yeah. to, to separate himself in the Democratic primary, which he ended up winning and then going on to win the governor's race, was that he would— he would needle Walker just right to get Walker to attack him personally, which completely separated him from the Democratic field. Yeah, he would bring that up and say, see, he's worried about me. Yeah. I'm the guy he's worried about because I can beat him. Mochi clicks a lot of boxes. He's, he's young. He's a person of color. 
He's uh, he's a great communicator, and he's got that technology background, which he sort of straddles both sides of Madison. Which increasingly is what Madison is. But, you know, there are people that, like Paul Sauger, doesn't think there's, outside of clicking a lot of those boxes, there isn't a lot of depth to the guy, I think, is what some people would say. Now, yeah, I, don't whole, know, I, I don't know that personally myself, but I think that I've heard that critique before. So we'll be looking for the vision thing yeah. from Mo Cheeks. Let's keep going. Brenda Conkle, well-known name for people who've been around Madison for a while. And she's been in the news a, a lot recently because she just got inser- unceremoniously dumped from her longtime position at the Tennis Re- Tenant Resource Center. Yeah, and that's been a little bit messy, and they've and the center has alleged some bills weren't paid, and the employees lost for a while anyway, health insurance. Uh, some of that may be only alleged and not proven, but nonetheless, it sounds like a messy divorce in progress with the tennis... Oh. Hold on a second. Hold all calls. Should we take that? Yeah, let's take it. <laughs> Put right. it on speaker. Oh, it's Mitch Hank. Let's get Mitch on. on Friend, how are you, sir? Hey, we're in the we're podcasting. Mitch, you're finally on our podcast. Oh my, you're podcasting. I, I've broken it up. I've interrupted that. Hey, uh, hey, Mitch. As long as you're here, share your theory on why and on whether Mayor Paul Sagan can win the race for mayor. Well, February primary benefits more activist, militant, more social media savvy candidates, and um, Paul Sagan has kind of moved into that curmudgeon old man phase. You can see that uh, both Mo Cheeks and Todd Rose Conway sent very large Happy Thanksgiving blasts on social media. Paul Sagan did not. He's had two fundraisers so far. One were involved eight people. I think one had fewer. I think Paul runs the risk of sleeping in the switch against two previously announced activist candidates with activist followings. But he's still Paul Soglin. He's got the name thing, the 60s yeah, thing, well, and the mustache. That works, that works in April, and it may work for him in February, but I think for February, he has to work hard. He has to get his message out there, and he has to actually work hard. You know, he can't uh, just sit back. There are other mustaches, though, in this race. Does Mo Cheeks have a mustache? In the picture I'm looking at him, he kind of does, and then it looks like Nick Hart has sort of the full-on beard and mustache. Nothing like the Washington State quarterback, I would add, on that <laughs> last score. Well, so, Mitch, simply, yes. thanks for crashing our podcast. We appreciate it. Well, I do apologize. When is it safe to call and talk about other matters? I'll talk. To, I'll call you when we're out of here. Okay, son. That's good. All right, bye. Hey, that's usable. That's very usable. I like that. <laughs> that's a good perspective. Right. We're going to have to check to see if uh, Mo Cheeks still has this very thin uh, kind of mustache. There's only room in this town for one mustache, don't you think? I say if you've got if you've got other facial hair besides the mustache, ah. I don't consider that a mustache. That's that's not a stash. Okay, you, it's got to it's got to stand on its own, or it's not a mustache. All right. I I mean, hey. Mitch makes some sense there. I still say, it's Paul Soglin, man. He's yeah. going to survive the primary. I have, yeah, I have a hard time believing that Paul Soglin's not. I think the race is for second place right now. All right, but we'll let Mitch call in again after the election and razz us. For being, for, for being morons about the whole thing. Yeah, if we're wrong and if he's right that Soglin doesn't survive the primary. We were talking about Brenda Conkle. We were talking about Brenda Conkle. Yeah, she had a, she had a very high profile like a decade ago. Yeah, she was um, sort of the she, she, you know, fighting perpetually for tenants' rights yeah. and opposing most development in the in the downtown area was sort of two things I saw. High of, profile developments, yeah. I don't know about most, but yeah. And uh, 
somebody who took some positions that would get attention. She was she's good at getting attention with proposals like to highlight the homeless problem. She says puts forward a bill saying, well, let's let them pee in the park. We let's can't, not we cite can't them. criminalize them urinating in the park. And we're going way back here. And that's not really fair to Brenda um, just to cherry pick one thing. But she is, you know, the one thing about Brenda Conco is she will work her tail off. And she does have name recognition. She does. And she has a big list of people that have endorsed her already, actually, on her yeah. website. Now, I don't know most of them. She's grassroots for certain. Yes. Probably the most grassroots person running. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's going to be hard for her if, if, if the issue is fiscal mismanagement at, tenor, at the Tenant Resource Center. We don't, actually know th- we don't actually know that now. But it's hard to make the argument that if you have trouble running an organization with four full-time employees that you can run a city. Yeah. And I'm sure if she somehow survived the primary, the mayor would be sure to point that out. Yeah. I don't think she can win. I would give her very little chance. We have two candidates left. We have Raj Shukla, who's running as the Green candidate. And I don't mean that as Green Party. I just mean he's the head of the River Alliance. He wants to move the city to 100% clean energy. He, am I, I mean, he's clearly, the, at least at the start of the gate, he's the environmental candidate. That's sort of the label that's kind of being put on him. But I think all of these candidates are really running on the environment, too. Dave Cheslevich, who was mayor, who did beat Paul Sagan one time, was coming from an environmental group, leading an environmental group, was younger, kind of a softer image, fun. So there is a precedent uh, we can point back to where there was an environmentalist who kind of came out of nowhere and won the race. And Raj, I think, probably has some similarities. I know the guy personally since he lives in my neighborhood. His, my kids play with his kids. Uh, he is very warm and engaging. Smart guy, of course. Like, all these people are, are smart candidates running for, yeah. for mayor. But, you know, he, he is he does have sort of an infectious, warm personality. He's a guy, if you're at a back, backyard barbecue, he'll talk to everybody and and seems genuine and warm about it. So uh, I like the guy personally. Yeah, and this isn't a comment on him, but more generally getting back to your point of all these people are intelligent people. There is no lack of intelligence in this race. It, it almost becomes the opposite where the person might get sort of ungrounded, you know, where they're, where they're so intellectual and thinking such big, deep thoughts, they can't think about, oh, can we get the garbage picked up? Yeah. You know, I, that happens in Madison politics sometimes. You said he bikes to work. Well, that's what his website says. Year-round, which is interesting because Paul Sagan once said when he was not mayor on his blog that if you bike in the wintertime, you ought to be shot. You ought to be shot. <laughs> Maybe we should bring that up. At, uh, if, if those two are the, the last two candidates uh, standing in this race, we'll need to drill down on that issue of biking in the winter. That's right. Raj would be one of the lesser-known people. So he's going to have to try to stick out and get attention in a crowded field. He's um, got cute kids. I mean, his kids could could help him win an election. He's got charming charming young daughters that are all very uh, nice and interesting. So, All right. Well, can he afford an ad to run with his kids endorsing him or something? Maybe I would, that, that. that would be the way to go if, yeah. I, was, if I was him. I will say, Raj, um, of all the candidates, if you're looking for somebody to sort of be a different type of mayor— Who's going to be like, I don't feel Paul Soglin doesn't make you feel good about the city of Madison. He does. I think he does a pretty good job of running the city of Madison. Mm-hmm. But you're not like, oh, boy, Paul Soglin's such a great cheerleader and spokesperson for our city. Raj would be the kind of guy that would mm-hmm. would 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 uh, would be warm and sunny about Madison the way that Paul Soglin is not. Yeah, I wouldn't describe Paul as warm and sunny. 
<laughs> but right, I mean, I, I, I haven't always appreciated Sahlgren, but I have to say I'm pretty comfortable with him. I've become pretty comfortable again with him being mayor. Well, I feel he's like the, he's competent. He does have a vision for the city. He's not kind of loony left. He's pra- he, He's become more and more pragmatic, and he's not afraid to say what he thinks even if it upsets the liberal power structure. So, and that's a unique ability because yeah. he's got those he's got those undis- undisputable progressive cre- credentials. The final candidate is Nick Hart, a stand-up comedian. Yes. And I thought he was sort of local stand-up comedian, which he is, but he was just on Conan O'Brien last summer. So good uh, kudos to him. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And he's not running a serious campaign. Um he was actually I read a quote that he basically said I'm running uh, to warn people: if you don't get participate in democracy, you can get an, a moron like me as your as your mayor. His website is basically issue free, other than making some jokes and saying people should vote. Well, good for him. But good for him. People should vote. <laughs> That's true. And laugh a little bit more. He's definitely funnier than Paul Soglin. And you know, if he could get now that I think of it. If he could get his buddy Conan O'Brien to show up for a rally just before the election, hey. Hey. The real question for a cartoonist here, if you were to lose the mustache and you couldn't draw a grumpy stash anymore, which of these candidates, I'm holding up a picture right now of all of them, and I'm pointing this towards Phil Hands, and he is looking at it in a perplexed way, which of these candidates would be the most fun to draw? Unfortunately, probably Nick Hart. Oh. <laughs> You're probably right, but uh, you know the the odds of him surviving the primary are pretty low. Let's let's. Who's your second then? Well, I will say that I think Mo Cheeks Most. has got a lot to work with in terms of in terms of that nice bald head and kind oh, of a yeah. goofy goofy grin. Um, what have you got against bald guys anyway? I'm baldest. <laughs> you didn't know that. Um, and I've actually drawn Brenda Conkle before many times actually when she was on the city council. Uh, she didn't like that. She did. She didn't care no. for that. She didn't care for that. No. But I could. I could definitely uh, see myself drawing uh, draw, drawing Brenda Conkle again. And I think I could do something with Satya. Uh, there's something. Uh, there's something. Something uh, sort of nondescript uh, about her face that might work well <laughs> in a cartoon. Raj has quite the smile there. He could just always have that smile on his well, face. Well, it'd be sort of that goofy Obama <laughs> smile that people did for a long time. <laughs> Let us know what you think about the podcast or give us an idea. My email is smilfred, that's S-M-I-L-F-R-E-D, at madison.com. Phil's is phands at madison.com. To listen to past episodes, go to go.madison.com slash center stage or subscribe using your favorite podcasting app. All of the music on Center Stage with Milford and Hands is by Tube Tester, Madison's loudest band from the 1990s and so far beyond.